You're listening to A Mighty Love, the podcast for honest and witty love wisdom. Hello, listeners, and welcome back to another episode of A Mighty Love. I am one of your co-hosts, Demetrius. I am one of your co-hosts, Polly M. Gilseeks. Hey. Hey. How's it going? Pretty good. Welcome. Thank you. Happy to be here mm-hmm. in this virtual recording space, coming to you live from Brooklyn. Yes. In two separate locations in Brooklyn. <laughs> yes. Two socially distanced locations. That's it's right. Like that we couldn't get like two phone booths, so like we could be looking at each other recording right next to each other. That would oh be kind my of fun. That would be amazing. I mean, I don't know. I don't even know if they have phone booths in New York City anymore, but like. If we were like across the street, like across an avenue and you're on one phone booth and we were just recording that way, it would be, you know what? Just thought of something. Yeah. Why don't they bring back phone booths for like, you know, all the Brooklyn hipsters who have podcasts and we turn them into mobile, like tiny recording spaces. Yeah. It could generate a lot of revenue for the city, honestly. You know what? Once de Blasio's out of office, that's going to be my new. That's your like, platform. Push that. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever I mean, you don't even really have to soundproof it that well because, like, then you know it's, like, authentic Brooklyn phone booth sound booth. Yeah, exactly. One of my friends, or, like, cousin, she launched the podcast in this recording space that was in Bushwick, and it was in, like, old shipping containers. And I never oh. listened to an episode, but I'm sure, like, the sound quality was not perfect. You know, like, it was it mm-hmm. shipping containers in a formerly vacant lot in Bushwick. There's no way the sound quality was perfect, and I'm sure it only added to the sound experience. So, like... Sure. It's yeah. like people who mm-hmm. love listening to records because they love the sa- snaps and pops of vinyl, you know? It'd be the same thing like that. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I actually do love listening to records. <laughs> <laughs> what are we talking about today? What Today, are we-, we are delving into the depths of the internet for relationship advice and giving it. So actually, Patty LaBelle, How I Miss My Ex is pretty apropos because that's something that you might very well find in the pits of Reddit. That's right. So we wanted to go back to something we haven't done in a while and it's something I haven't done in a while is answer specific direct dating questions. Uh, a lot of times it's like, I, I know at least for me, like early on, I answered a lot of very specific dating questions, a lot of them from Reddit. And I've always found that to be really useful and helpful. Um, and then I stopped doing it. I think we stopped doing it a little bit. And then all these like really popular Reddit or Twitter accounts popped up that were essentially answering those. We're not even answering them. They're just posing the question. Uh-huh. Um, so I thought it'd be a good idea to go back and like, go back to our roots a little bit and talk about some dating questions. Yeah. Them. I do love how specific some of these scenarios get because it's easy to be like, oh, well, not easy, but it's interesting to talk about things like what's a good way to do X? And it's different to say, all right, here's five different pieces of the scenario that are so specific. You have to answer them specifically. So Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And of course, we both acknowledge that any or all of these may be fake, but we at least tried to pick ones that are reasonably real so that even yeah. if maybe this person doesn't need her advice and probably won't hear it, uh, they at least this is advice that could, in theory, be useful. We try not to pick anything that's so hyper-specific or bizarre that no one could get any value from it except the poster, who is probably, in fact, just some kind of kooky troll looking for fame. I don't know. So... That actually reminds yeah. me of, before we get started, 
I don't know if you read the New York magazine, whether old paper, print, or not print, uh, like like the online version. Uh, occasionally. Did you see the Sex Diary? Oh my god! On September sixth. <laughs> yes, yes, I saw that, and my friends and I were just like immediately like, "This was written by someone who perhaps has maybe never had sex." Yeah. There are so many elements of it that clearly point it to being someone's kooky duke fantasy. Yeah. The whole thing was <laughs> bananas. A uh, tub of blueberry lube has like stuck in my mind. Yeah. It's like what? he showed up with blueberry lube. Like, what? <laughs> and, and the tub of it? Like, what form oh. is it in? I don't, Normally, it's like a squeeze bottle. I don't understand. Yeah. Thanks. And then, like... I am full and horny after eating tacos. Mm, no. This person has not had tacos or had sex, possibly. No, neither one. Neither yeah. one, whether at the same time or not. Um, right. I encourage everyone, everyone to read this insane, insane piece. It's called The Woman Whose Husband is Sleeping with Her Best Friend. Mm-hmm. And like, hey, I'm bringing this up, one, because it starts off and there's like a specific detail where you're like, that doesn't make sense, but I'm going to just let it ride. And like it starts off and they're like, we're having slow sex in the morning. And it's like, that's cool. That sounds great. And it's like, mm-hmm. while we're cooking bacon. And it's like, that's, bacon's a, it's not a slow sex food. You know, it's not a fucking pot. No. Like, what are no. you doing? No. If, what are you doing? We uh, were having slow morning sex while setting up the crock pot. Believable, I guess. But like, yeah, bacon cooks quickly. The fat is sizzling. It's like flying off and hitting some of your bare skin. I don't. No. Oh, oh, not sexy. <laughs> yeah, here's a here's a free tip for listeners. Yeah. Don't be naked while cooking something like bacon or anything that fries because the hot oil will fly yeah. and land on your skin and it will hurt. That's why we wear clothes when we cook. Yeah. If you want to be naked yeah. and then put on an apron though, go for it, you know. That's your life. Oh yeah, that's actually pretty cool. The whole point of bringing that up is that none of these situations that we're going to talk about are as absurd as that one. No. We should read it. It's hilarious. You should read it. Just treat it like fiction. Yeah. Or like that scene in 40-Year-Old Virgin where Steve Carell's character is trying to pretend he's not a virgin and he's describing sex acts and you're like, come on. Like, this is so absurdly fake. It's that. Yes. Exactly. So, do you want to kick us off with our first question? Sure. I'll kick us off. Uh, so this one is my husband, 33 M tricked me 28 F into taking in his love child to question mark F I'm blindsided and heartbroken. My husband and I have been together for seven years and married for three. He recently came home with a toddler and claimed it was his cousin's secret child. And we had to watch her for a few days until his wife calmed down and they could get the stuff they needed for her. I guess the wife of the cousin. He said it would be good practice for us when our little one arrived. I thought this was weird, but his cousin sent me a text verifying his story, and I wasn't going to throw a toddler out, so I went along with it. Besides, we already had our nursery set up, so we had the space for her. Well, a few days turned into a week, a week turned into two, and two turned into a month. I'm currently eight months and could pop at any moment, so we need our nursery back. I finally sat my husband down and told him he needed to get his cousin to come pick up his daughter because we would need the nursery soon. He kept insisting they would just need it another week or two, but he was acting weird and I had a bad feeling. I asked him if there was something he wasn't telling me and he denied, 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 
until I told him that this was his one chance to tell me the truth and it came out later, I would divorce him immediately. He admitted he had cheated on me with the little girl is his from a one night stand. Her mother recently passed away and he was contacted to take custody or she would have been put into foster care. He said he couldn't do that to her. He kept saying he was sorry and it meant nothing. I just sat there feeling numb. He said he wants us to raise her together as our little girl. And since our baby is a boy, this was perfect because we could get the best of both worlds. I'm currently staying at my sister's and I just feel so numb. I keep expecting the tears to come and they haven't. My husband keeps texting me, begging me to come home. He says he needs me and can't do this by himself and he loves me more than anything. That's obviously a lie. He wouldn't have done this to me if he loved me. I just don't know what the hell I'm going to do. This is such a mess. What do I do? TLDR. My husband has a child from a one night stand. He brought her home and claimed it was his cousin's daughter. But once I put the pressure on him, he admitted she was his. I don't know what the hell I'm going to do now. So that's a juicy. What are, you, what are your thoughts? My first thought is that this is it's like a plot point in Game of Thrones. Ah, yes. Okay. <laughs> it's like, here's Jon Snow. Um, this, baby, this other baby is Jon Snow. Um, mm-hmm. But besides that, I think that in any situation where you're contemplating leaving a partner, it's difficult. You're leaving a partner you've been with a very long time. It's incredibly difficult. Yeah. Uh, and even more so when it's your someone, your spouse, and you have a child on the way. That's like in a, a crazy situation. And I think that... It's very high it, stakes. Yeah. It's crazy high stakes. It's one thing to break up with somebody because they cheated. It's another to break up with them because they cheated and they have a child from outside your relationship. And it's a mm-hmm. whole like another level of like so much stress when you are also pregnant. Right. Um, that it ha- And it's not even like meeting someone where they're like, oh, hey, I have this child from before. Right. And then suddenly the child comes into your life. Like, like, no, this child was made while you've been together. Supposedly. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. The thing about this situation is, is it, if it's true, there's a good chance that even if this situation is true, that your husband's still lying, right? Yeah. Like, That's my number one thing is like, now that it's become clear that something isn't true, now you're going to have to dig in into like every part of, is this true? Yeah. Like, was this a one night stand? Is did she actually pass away? Like, all of these things are going to have to be, like, followed to the end. And the fact that he had his cousin confirm in text means, like, this guy's not an amateur. Like, he's yeah. he's he concocted a lie and worked pretty hard to execute it, which means you really cannot trust anything he says. Yeah, and especially because it's one thing to lie about cheating. And I feel like if you cheated with your partner and since then the person you cheated with has ha- had a child, but that person has now passed, there's no way you don't say like, hey, all this shit happened, but now I'm a single parent. I have to be like, we need to talk about this. So there's yeah. either bullshit going on there or there's more to it. Right. Like, I mean, so I don't, what I don't know the about game plan that she I would just eventually be like, hey, why don't you tell your cousin we'll just tape the kid? No problem. Like what what did he think was going to happen? Yeah, it's like That's why I don't think that that's also why I think there's got to be more lies involved because this is not a plan. It is it makes no sense whatsoever. I mean, my guess is the mom is not dead and has been either trying to get money or visitation worked out 
and he has been trying to cover this up and so she dumped the kid on him to try to get him to face the music but that's just yeah. a wild theory i don't have any evidence for that based on this possibly fake post but that's yeah. my thought yeah i will say though that in terms of any situation where there's infidelity and someone asks me should i stick around with this person or should i try to work it out i'm wary to give like a snap judgment because when i say this i want to be clear that like marriage is a thing that like requires a certain level of work and like not giving up on the other hand it's not because i think that marriage itself is like this sacred thing to everyone for the same reasons i think everyone gets married for different reasons and it should hold different value for different reasons mm -hmm. um, the reason i say like you should try to work on your marriage is because like not the spiritual aspects and love and romance and all that shit it just has implications to your life moving forward right yeah so it you know you have a child with someone you get divorced it, it adds complications to your life some of those complications aren't necessarily negative or positive it's just a little more complicated right yeah so yep. I'm hesitant to say leave someone who did all this shit. But on the other hand, this is shady as fuck. And just operating as if this woman was my sister, I'd be like, you really should consider not being with say that would do this. Because yeah. not, only, not only did he cheat at some point, which is bad in and of itself and a reason to leave any relationship. Somebody cheats, you can leave them. That's easy sure. one. You don't need three strikes. No. Um, also lied about he continuously lied every day. He didn't tell you he was lying about it. Then yep. somebody had a kid. So there was lies. There was like nine months of him knowing about it. Yeah. Because like, how else could people reach out to him and be like, yo, you are the father of this child. Right. Sure. I guess it's possible that he hasn't known this entire time. It, it's possible that he found out recently ish. Not that that excuses any of his bad behavior, but it is possible she hasn't gotten in touch with him until recently. Like, it's possible he didn't even know this child existed until recently. Um, so I, do, I doubt it, but I guess that is a thing that could have happened. Yeah, it's entirely possible. The only reason I'm like, mm, probably not, is because I know that anyone I had a one-night stand with uh -huh. probably doesn't know my last name and would make it really hard for them to track me down or yeah. their family to track me down secondhand, right? You know, like... Yeah. There's no girl that slept with me one time that her mom would be able to find me, right? Like, yeah. You have to find my last name. You have to, like, so that's why I'm like, the math doesn't add up. I think it's like one of those things where, like, it was a one night stand with someone he knew mm -hmm. and he knew she was pregnant. You know, like, they were able to, like, if this person's, like, RIP to the baby's mother, but, like, if this person's really gone and her family tracked you down, like, you knew she was pregnant. Like, come on. Yeah. Yeah. Because that was the thing is, like, you could just come in and be like, yo, I cheated on you once. I just found out about this baby. I'm going to tell you like the, like creating an elaborate story is I've known about this situation for so long. I've created an elaborate story with my cousin for me to get coverage. You know, I mean, is it possible? Okay. I don't think this is very likely and maybe not the point, but I'm like, is it possible? I'm, I'm imagining I'm the deceased mother. I have a one night stand. I get pregnant. I decide to go forward with it. I, don't tell the person who got me pregnant. We don't see each other very much, so they don't know. I have the baby. I name him on the birth certificate in case I change my mind later about wanting him to be part of the kid's life or so that the kid knows who the dad is. Still, It still requires me knowing the last name of the one-night stand guy. Uh, then I tragically die. 
But then here's the question. Why doesn't my mom get custody of the child? That doesn't make yeah, any sense. Exactly. Like, why would I? That's exactly what would happen. <laughs> like, why? But like, ha, so my mom is able to find the guy I wrote on the birth certificate, but unable to care for the child. Like, I guess that's possible. It seems unlikely. So this, seems I, think, I think that this is just horseshit. She's probably still around. So the poster needs to get to the bottom of what the truth is. I don't know if there's much to be salvaged here, to be honest. Like, this is pretty shocking and upsetting. I don't think it's, personally, I don't know if it's worth forgiving. I guess there's more to the relationship. But I would say she should make up her mind fairly quickly. Like, I wouldn't spend more than a year trying to decide whether you're going to stay or go with this guy. Yeah. Because from my personal point of view if you're gonna break up when there's a child involved the younger the better like if you break up now this kid won't ever remember having you been together and it'll be a lot less upsetting for them like they'll just be born into a reality where their parents don't live together if you drag this out for years ultimately you decide you can't trust them when the kid is like four that's gonna be a very different experience for them so i'd say make up your mind pretty quickly if you're thinking about really leaving don't don't like give him chance after chance for years. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, absolutely. I also just think the one part of this that I would say is wrong. She's like, he says he needs me and he can't do this by himself. And he loves me more than anything. That's obviously a lie. He wouldn't have done this to me if he loved me. That kind of magical thinking is bad for relationships, like outside of the context of this. Someone can in fact love you and behave very badly. Those are not incompatible. Yeah, It's not evidence of whether he loves her. It's evidence of whether he's going to treat her the way she deserves to be treated. But I don't think this casts his love into doubt. I think it more casts on whether that's a good thing for her into doubt. No, that's that's a great point. Also, he says he needs me to can't do this by himself. Well, should have thought about that a while ago, huh, friend? You know, that's sort of my thought. Like, oh, you have to come back because I need you? tough shit i don't have to do anything you know like it made me think of that cinderella meme do you know which one i'm talking about where it's the screenshot of her like running away from the ball at midnight and the prince yells wait come back don't leave and then the next part is where she's like turning around to say something to him i guess in the movie she's like i'm sorry goodbye but the caption is first of all i do whatever the fuck i want (laughs) uh yeah be the cinderella do whatever the fuck you want do whatever the fuck you want that's right Okay. I think that's a wrap on that one. You want to go to the next one? That's right. Uh, Our next question is, I, 31-year-old male, am equally in love with both my wife and my coworker. His wife is 32. His coworker is 21. (laughs) Um, So I always get the best question. I've been happily married for four years, been together for 10. I uh, absolutely adore my wife. Our marriage has had only minor issues at most, nothing that is off-putting or bad. We don't even fight, really, aside from an occasional grumpy disagreement. We have traveled together, been through great times and bad. Here's the first thing. I have been poly my whole life and never told anyone. I always liked multiple girls at once growing up and never understood why people would love one person when they could love two or more. But I hid it because I knew it wasn't normal. I grew up in a hardcore conservative household that was extremely homophobic and Baptist to boot. I never bothered to tell anyone later in life or act on it because I thought I'd never actually meet two people who would be the same as me, nor did I think it was actually a thing. 
But as years have gone by and I've learned more about different sexuality, especially thanks to exposure to LGBTQ culture and resources, I've come to the conclusion I've always loved the idea of love, sharing it with more than one person, if I ever found more than one. The thing is, I never thought I would, especially after meeting my wife, who is a very progressive and pro-LGBTQ advocate. The second kicker is the obvious second part. I'm falling really hard for my coworker. Like, I'm pretty sure I'm in love with her, and I'm pretty damn sure there have been some obvious but also subtle interest from her toward myself. She's a total sweetheart. She's kind, intelligent, and a wonderful person. I love her, and because not only is she different than what I have, she also shares some of the core traits that make my wife amazing, too. My wife makes me happy in this nostalgic, familiar, fuzzy way, but in this incredibly depressing year, my coworker makes me feel so legitimately excited and full of life, more than I have felt in the past year or two just because of the world, town I live in, and other outside stressors. It's like getting a car battery hooked to my chest after a shot of heroin. All right. (laughs) But, But this shit is tearing me apart inside in terms of guilt. Honestly, I love them both equally, but I feel like this could just destroy my future. This is all I can come up with for a plan to deal with this shit, but it's a lot to deal with, especially during the shitstorm that is 2020. So far, I have thought of, one, see a therapist and talk to them about my issue and sexuality. Two, gauge my coworker's interest a little more and then be honest with her about how I think she might feel. And if so, tell her how I feel. However, this would also mean we should have time to keep apart physically while also building more on how much we know each other and to be forward about my sexuality and if she's comfortable with it. If so, move on to step three. Step three, come forward to my wife, finally, after consultation with the therapist, and after seeing if feelings are as mutual with my coworkers as they seem. I also know that just because I am poly doesn't mean either of them are interested in that kind of relationship, in which I suppose I will have to repair any fallout. This will surely cause, if it ends up being the worst-case scenario, and leave my coworker respectfully alone and try to convince my wife, truly, I do love her as much as the day I met her. So how can I alter or change the plan for the better? I plan on taking time to word and rehearse what I want to say, and I know this needs to be taken slowly and carefully. I'm freaked out, scared to death, excited, wrecked with guilt, confused beyond all belief, and hopelessly in love in all directions, or perhaps this year has finally cracked me. Help. Okay. All right. Oh, my God. Um, so before I get into like answering it, uh, there's like a few things that stand out. Mm-hmm. Um, one is the way he talks about like being poly and his sexuality. Like it's one thing to be in the closet and it's another thing to sort of feel shame about it. And he seems like he feels like a lot of shame around being poly and mm-hmm. like, having to love other people. He makes it sound like a burden. And so when he's like, here's my plan. Step one is go to therapy. Uh, uh, spoiler, you should just go to therapy. Just not because you're thinking about like you fall in love with somebody. You should just go to therapy because the way you think of your own identity is framed as a negative and yeah. like, you shouldn't feel that way about yourself, right? Like whether whatever happens in a situation like this, you really should not feel ashamed of who you are. Like that's fucked up. Like, you shouldn't feel ashamed of who you are. I don't care if you're straight. No, it's any other end of the spectrum. I don't and, care if you're poly or not. Like, you and feel- you know, I was raised in the Bay area by pretty progressive parents and like culturally, like there, I confront elements of shame about being polyamorous and I'm in kind of the best case scenario. Like that's something you need to unpack. Like it's something I've had to unpack and like, I don't have any act, anyone actively in my life trying to make me feel bad about it. You know, so like, yeah, you should do that pretty much regardless of anything Anytime someone's like, should I go to therapy? When is the answer ever? No. 
Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, uh, you know, that have you ever heard that idiom about planting a tree? It's like the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. The best time to plant a tree is now, you know, like, yeah. it's like therapy. Like if you're asking, the answer is yes. Like, yeah. should I go to therapy? Yeah. Why not? Especially mm -hmm. if you can afford it, you know, like, right. Like, I don't think anyone's ever been like, I went to therapy and it made my life worse. I mean, no. maybe there's someone, you know. I mean, I guess if you had like you a really horrible therapist, but like. Yeah, I'm sure it's happened, but yeah. for I mean, the try, most part. Try not more. to get a horrible therapist, I guess. But, yeah, or like change yeah. therapists, find somebody who suits you. Yeah. Um, in terms of like the scenario, so it's not the same situation at all, but you have been in a position where you realize that you were polyamorous. So like. Mm -hmm. Do you see any parallels, like how you approached it or like how this person could approach it? Um, so I guess, well, for me, it wasn't like I fell in love with someone else and then had to confront that and my partner didn't know. For me, this happened in a different order where we agreed to be non-monogamous. We were keeping each other informed that we were dating and then I fell in love with someone else. And then we had a conversation about that. And I don't remember beforehand. I don't think we explicitly talked too much about what if we fall in love with someone else. I think we both kind of thought it probably wouldn't happen. And it turned out I was wrong about that. So we hadn't like forbidden it, which is not a really thing you can do anyway. But that's a separate issue. But like, it, I did have to come clean to a partner about falling in love with someone else. But it wasn't a shock in that we had both already consented to engaging romantically with other people. So it's not totally the same. I guess the impetus for starting the conversation about having an open relationship also was different, that it wasn't like, I want to see this one specific person. It was more like, let's talk about changing the structure of our relationship. And that would be my biggest thing for this guy is like, you are going about this backwards. Like this, you know, I don't know if you if you want to get into that point or if you have other points you want to get into, but like that's my biggest issue with the way that this guy's approaching this problem. Yeah, no, I I think you hit the nail on the head. It's he's working in reverse. If he truly believes that he is poly, and I'm assuming he means polyamorous, right, and not Polynesian, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. If he truly is polyamorous, um, it doesn't matter if the 21 year old at his job is into him because there will be someone else. So right. like, he's working back, like he's trying to figure out like, oh, if she's not into me, I don't have to tell my wife. But if you're truly polyamorous, you should tell your wife. Like you need to talk to your wife about this. It doesn't matter right. if you're in love with somebody else or not. You are going to be if you truly, like the capacity is there to do that. Right. So, I like, mean, even if you never fall in love with anyone else ever again, like don't you want to be your honest, authentic self with your spouse? Isn't that worth something? And also... I would say you need to come out to your wife. I would go to therapy, think about the way you want to talk to it and come out to your wife, not about the coworker, just about who you really are. And I would understand that it is possible that she would say, I understand this is who you are, but I require our marriage to be monogamous or I'm not willing to be in this marriage anymore. That, that that's a thing that might happen because you got married under a different understanding she may not be comfortable with changing that understanding, in which case you have a decision moment, which is, am I going to live in a monogamous marriage, even though I am polyamorous? Or is that does that not work for me? Because I agree with your point, like, it could happen again.
you could fall in love with someone else again. If you're not actively dating and such, you might not. But, you know, if you are the way you are, there are there's a chance it'll happen again, in which case you're just kicking it down the road until it's a problem later. Yeah, agreed. I also would like to cast some doubt on him being in love with his 21-year-old coworker. <laughs> oh, we didn't, even, we didn't even get into that. Like, are you in love with her or infatuated with this younger, attractive woman? Like, right. Like, I got to be honest with you. I'm 35 right now, but four years ago, there's no way that I would be attracted to anyone who is 21 years old. Like, you might be like, oh, this 21-year-old is, like, cute, is uh-huh. good-looking, you know, uh-huh. like, the fuck do we have in common? Like, what do we right. talk about? Really? Right. I don't know how to do TikTok dances. So, like, there's no right. way. Like, how's this going to work? Like, I don't know. Like, no, first of all, I've been alive so long. And, like, I am so bored with men thinking a woman is in love with them just because she's, like, nice and friendly. I'm pretty sure this is an attractive 21-year-old. And they have a good rapport and she's just being friendly and she's definitely not fucking in love with you. So there, so that's what I think. I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but I doubt it. She's probably just a nice person who's attractive. And yeah, okay, even if you are genuinely in love with her, first of all, I have this thing where I don't really think you can be in love with someone unless you actually have a good reason to suspect you, they love you back. And he does not have a good reason to suspect she loves them back. Like, you should be in an actual romantic relationship, for example. I think it's a little going a little far to say I'm in love with this person when you have no romantic understanding with them. I think that that's kind of bananas. I don't think that happens very often. You know, like the kind of love that means something that you change your life for anyway. Like he's infatuated yeah. and he has a crush and that's fine. But like, that's not love. No, not at all. If this guy was single and was like, I'm in love with my coworker, should I make a move? My answer would be, no, don't. Like, please don't. Leave that poor woman alone. Or, like, leave space for her to come on to him. Like, if he's right and she's in love with him, like, she'll make a move eventually. But, like, assume no. Like, continue to be friendly or whatever, but, like, no. Don't be gross. Yeah, you you got it all. (laughs) Uh, Do you want to move on to the next question? Yeah. Oh, one more thing I wanted to say on this. Um, This guy seems to conflate sexuality and like LGBTQ sexuality, monosexuality versus multisexuality. And I guess there are people who feel like polyamory is an orientation and there are people who don't. And I don't really want to weigh on, on other people's personal experiences. I do feel like it's the way that I am, but I shy away from saying it's an orientation because I think that that is not really the same thing. And I think that this guy needs to read and learn a lot more about talking about these things interchangeably because I think they're actually pretty different. Cool. All right. All right. Next one. All right. This next one is, what's the title? There it is. My 30F boyfriend, 30M, asked me to remove my belongings for his dad's visit. Dad 66M. Some background to my relationship. My boyfriend and I met in college but officially got together after grad school. We've been together for nearly five years now. He is an attorney with a six-figure salary while I work at a nonprofit and make less than 50K. When we decided to move in together, he wanted a luxury waterfront apartment, so we agreed he would pay two-thirds of the rent while I pay one-third. However, I came from a different cultural background than his parents that his parents don't approve of, so I am not on our lease, but I pay my boyfriend my portion of the rent every month, and he pays the apartment complex. 
the issue with his parents has been ongoing. It's the reason we didn't date in college. His parents don't know that we live together because they don't approve of me, nor do they approve of living together before marriage. Anyway, his dad just announced that he will be in town this week and wants to stay with my boyfriend. My boyfriend approached me this morning and asked me to remove all my belongings and stay with my friend, who also lives in our complex during his dad's stay this week. Well, I'm a grant writer, and my first thought was the number of grants I have September 1st deadlines for Tuesday and has anticipated working on this weekend, which doesn't combine well with having to pack up and move all of my things, only to move them back into our apartment the next weekend. So I think this was originally posted, like, late August or something, just for context for the listener. The situation is also extremely fucked up, in my opinion. Honestly, I was shocked when my boyfriend made the request, because when his parents have visited previously, they've gone to a hotel room nearby and gone to dinner and done things with my boyfriend. I asked my boyfriend to consider how his request makes me feel, and he said, I don't see it as an unreasonable request since it's my apartment. What? Yes, he's the one who signed the lease, so we've had an arrangement that has worked without issue for the past two years we've lived together. So here's my question. Is this request unreasonable? What do I do when he doesn't recognize the way this makes me feel? I brought up how bad it feels to have to erase every trace of my existence from our apartment just because his dad doesn't approve of my culture. My boyfriend said, I think that's extreme. It's not a matter of life or death, and I'm not asking you to erase your existence. Is he twisting my words? I'm sitting here in shock and feeling extremely overwhelmed with this sudden change of plans for the week on top of all the work I have to complete. All right. What do you think about this? That is a hot mess. Oh, my God. So I wish I knew the, like, what culture and stuff she's talking about because it sounds like his parents are racist. Like, what else? What other thing is there? I'm guessing this is a wild guess, and this might have to do with also the fact that it's september 12th but my first thought is like she's muslim and his parents are like anti-islam anti-muslim ah, which may Ooh. not be it but that it is that's what, yeah. that's what uh, popped into my brain geez um that's crazy that uh, you know that probably tracks yeah but anyway but who knows it could be anything she could be, yeah. you know, be black she could be what i who knows i don't know so the sort of uh, micro question of like is this fucked up? And like, is it wrong that he's asking all these things of me? And, you know, is this cool? Basically to answer the question, no, it's not cool. It's completely fucked up. And like, it's wrong of him to ask you that. And the macro question of, should I live with somebody and be with somebody who has to hide me from his parents? And the answer is no. Right? No. Like straight up. I think that if somebody's parents disapprove of their partner and they live together and like they're a teenager it's very different than like y'all are both 30 and like unless his parents are paying his own bills which doesn't seem like if if he makes more than a hundred thousand dollars a year and they live in a luxury waterfront apartment i understand traditional families and traditional culture and you don't want to upset your elders and like i can't speak from that because i don't have a mother who i had to pretend like if i dated somebody who didn't look like my mother I never had to worry that my mom would not speak to me, right? Right. But you still have to make a decision in your life around, do you want to be with somebody who can't show you to the rest of the world? And I don't care what the reason is. Like, I don't think anyone deserves that straight up. Like, I have no sympathy for like people who are like, my parents are racist, so I have to hide my girlfriend. Like, no, you need to confront your parents. Like, like, this is not the year where we're afraid to confront racists, like straight up. Right. So... You shouldn't be with somebody like that. So he needs to figure out what's more important to him, placating his parents who don't pay his bills. So like he'll owe them shit, 
or being with you. And like, he has to choose. I would be like, no, he's going to show up to the house and I'm going to be sitting right here and we're going to sit down and talk because it's like, I live here. I pay bills. Like, no. Whoever pays the bills in your house gets to dictate shit. That's where I'm from. First of all, I'm uncomfortable with the situation where she's not on the lease and I understand why it might be that way. But like, I don't think you should be in a situation where you lose power like that. Like, it's not because of things like this. Like, okay, technically, I hope things don't get ugly, but like, now she's in a situation where like he can kick her out forever and she has no right to be there. And that's a bad situation to be in. So, I mean, you can't do anything about the past, but I would say anyone listening, try not to get into a situation like that long-term because it doesn't protect you from things going shit. I'd say also, I don't think you should be in a relationship where someone wants to hide you from anyone. And I think that that's because continuing to having to live as a secret, like eats at your self-worth and self-esteem. Like even if you're a very confident person, like having to pretend like you don't exist hurts. And I don't think that that's a healthy thing to agree to do. I can understand like, okay, I need a couple weeks before I come out to my parents. Sure. But like, it has to be limited. There has to be a light at the end of the tunnel and the person has to be willing to stand with you afterwards. And if they're not willing to do that, what good is in it for you? And I, I think it's only bad. I think it hurts you. So I think you should not. I have nothing else to say. I think we're both on the same page here. And the fact that he's like, oh, it's my lease, blah, blah, blah. For me, that seals the deal. Like, if you. Like, yeah. I think she should say, I'm not going anywhere. If you have a problem with me being here, take your dad out or come clean and I'm done. You know, like, this has to change or I'm done. Like, that, I don't like this at all. On to the next question. My 28 female stepsister 29 female slept with my ex-fiance 37 male and married him it's been five years and my family think i should be over it already when i was 23 now 28 i was engaged to person who was 32 now 37 our engagement ended when my stepsister kelly who was 24 now 29 begged me to leave him because they loved each other but ryan was too afraid to break up because he didn't want to hurt me or my family when i confronted ryan he denied it saying she had been trying to come on to him for some time and he never mentioned it because he didn't want to ruin our relationship. He begged me not to believe her and so we continued how we were. Kelly grew resentful and made nasty comments about how I was forcing a man who didn't even love me to marry me because I had low self-esteem. A month later, she sent me a video of them having sex in my bed and multiple screenshots of him telling her he loved her, how he wished she was the girl he was marrying, how he hated that I wouldn't let them be together. I was devastated and angry, but my best friend convinced me not to go nuclear on them and instead to quietly move out when Ryan was at work the next week. So that's what I did. I contacted my dad and my stepmom and asked them if I could move in temporarily. I removed the money I had contributed into our joint account for wedding expenses and transferred the rest to him before closing the account. Once I got settled in, I sent all the screenshots she sent me to all of our relatives and his. He proposed to her stepsister with the same ring that he had proposed to her. Classy. We were planning to have our wedding ceremony this summer, but in late February, my husband suggested we postpone until next year because we were concerned about COVID. I ended up finding out I was pregnant a month before our original wedding date. So we had a courthouse wedding on that date with the plan to hold the ceremony next year. Only my dad's side of the family were aware of both the pregnancy and the wedding. All right. It's nuts. (laughs) Basically, because the baby is coming the someone like posted like a picture of some baby stuff and so kelly the stepsister who married her ex is now aware that she's pregnant and wants to be in their life yeah which is insane so 
So I'm going to read the last thing because it poses a question. Okay. How do I make my family understand just how unforgivable Kelly and Ryan have done to me is? I would prefer not to go completely no contact, but that, is that my only option here? So off the top, I think both of them did something unforgivable. At one of them, you have to remain in contact with to a certain extent, like unless he chooses not to be in your child's life, you have to remain in contact with the husband to a certain degree. Uh, if mm -hmm. You decided to leave him, but you have to remain in contact with him. Um, your stepsister, you don't have to remain in contact with her. You don't have to like try to throw a punch at her every time you see her. Maybe that's what she deserves, but it's perfectly fine to just not, even if people bring her around and you're in situations where you cannot avoid her, it doesn't mean you have to talk to her. Like yeah. you could tell somebody, look, what you did is unforgivable. I'm never going to interact with you. I'm going to tell everyone who's related to us in some way, like, I'm not going to be like, if we're in settings where there's interactions, I'll be cordial, but I'm not going to interact with her. It's, there's nothing wrong with doing that. Uh -huh. And you have good reason to. And if your family doesn't understand it, they're more concerned about maintaining the peace than your happiness. So fuck them. Yeah. That's I think you set up very clear boundaries. Like to the extent that you're in my life, these are my boundaries. And if you violate them, I don't want you. You cannot be around my child. So here's how it's going to go. I think that that's a very reasonable way to deal with the situation. I think it's tough because the post gets a lot too about her family treating her like she's being unreasonable. I went on a deep dive into the comments on this. And so this is like a step sibling where both of the parents have remarried. It seems that the parents of the stepsister perhaps became in a, their marriage began under similar -ish circumstances where there was like cheating and remarrying very quickly so I think that's maybe why the parents are pressuring her to forgive her. But regardless, set up the same boundaries, everyone. This is what's acceptable. This is how we're going to proceed. And if you aren't willing to follow my rules, uh, I'm not going to see you. Yeah, I think that's fair. And I think it's also fair to say to someone, if they come back and say, well, you know, if they come back with any variation of it's not that big of a deal or this person has dealt with it and they're fine, there's nothing wrong with saying like, that's not the marriage I want. Mm -hmm. I understand that other people do it, but I don't want that. So I don't care. That's cool that other people have accepted cheating and done this and like all's forgiven, but that's not me. And yeah. I think you're not required to forgive people for something like this. Yeah. And policing someone's feelings like you should be over this by now. Okay, well, she's not. So yeah, you can't tell other people how to feel and you can't make them feel differently just because they should whatever. Yeah, exactly. There's a difference between I'll be cordial and I've forgiven you. And you can choose to be cordial. You can also choose not to be cordial. I think you have the right to just be mean for the rest of your life to sure. your stepsister. Ultimately, forgiveness is for the forgiver, not the trespasser. Yeah. So she can forgive when she feels like she's ready and if that's something she wants to do, but she is not obligated to give forgiveness. All right. Hit the nail on the head. In closing... I think you got to be true to you, whether it's not wanting to hide who you are from your partner's parents to having boundaries around people who violated them to wanting honesty from your spouse. Your values are your values and you need to stand by those because if you don't, you like, you lose a sense of self. And the thing that's important to do is to figure out who you are, what you want, and then to live in that truth. That's a great point. I think building on that, in terms of relationships and dating situations, you should learn to recognize the value between maintaining like a negative piece and being happy 
because uh -huh. you can be in any relationship no matter the situations like i could propose any outlandish fucked up situation and somebody would be willing to stay in that relationship as long as they're not arguing or uh -huh. fighting or having contention and i think that that's not necessarily the same as being happy i'm just thinking back to one of the questions where they're like oh we never fight but we have this fundamental issue and just because you don't fight doesn't mean you don't have fundamental issues and you shouldn't just accept things that are negative, that are bad, that you're unhappy with because you're not arguing, you know? So like, yeah. don't just become complacent in relationships. Like really try to be in a good relationship and not one that's not bad. Right. I mean, also like, there's this idea that fighting is definitely bad and like, you know, there's bad kinds of fighting, but like a disagreement isn't a sign you have a bad relationship. And similarly, not having disagreements isn't a sign you have a good relationship. You know, like being stone cold and withholding but never arguing with someone isn't kinder or a better relationship than a, being willing to say, hey, I'm mad at you about X, Y, Z. You know, it's about how you do it, yeah. not about whether there's an argument or not. Totally. All right. Things we love and or hate. Do you want to start or do you want me to go? I'll start. Mine is simple. Uh, it's pumpkin spice season again. And <laughs> I know that people love to hate on it. But the thing is, pumpkin spice tastes good. And pumpkin spice just means tasty, like, you know, sweet spices, cinnamon, nutmeg. They taste good. And if you want to shit on that, maybe there's something wrong with you. Coming out hot in defense of pumpkin spice lattes. Yes. Or pumpkin spice. Pumpkin Sounds spice like as a concept. Lattes, a concept. candles, the cold brew pumpkin cream at Starbucks is very delicious. I recommend it. Yeah. It's like a thing that men like to shit on women about, but I'm like, no, it tastes good. And if you don't like it, that's fine, but you don't have to be a dick about it. <laughs> All right. I wish I loved something this week as much as you love pumpkin spice, or I had yeah. something to defend. No, this one is just more general. I hate that like we're all in the situation where the death toll keeps rising. So I would love it if you all continue to wear masks and socially distance and all that. As, you know, because you know, our like, government has refused to take decisive action to keep us safe, the responsibility falls to the individual. And I would really yeah. prefer if that wasn't the situation. But given that's where we're at, be safe, be kind to your neighbors. Yeah, um, I will say though that I have probably bitched about this enough, but I do love that there are still people who, given the political climate, realize that wearing a mask and like trying to help others doesn't have to be a political or bipartisan issue and they just like do it and they're trying to do their part. So I love that if you're doing that, I really appreciate it. Um, I don't want to seem like I'm blaming everyone for all the world's problems. So shout out to everyone who's like still maintaining, you know, social distance, still wearing masks and whatnot. I really appreciate it because we're all in this together. So love you guys. Shout out to y'all. So on that note, thank you for recording. Yes, Always thank you. Pleasure. And thank you all for listening and good luck out there. Bye. Bye.